0: Welcome to the Otherworldly Oracle official podcast. We are your hosts, Alora and Kitty. And today we're gonna dig beyond the surface of the human psyche. In this episode, lucky number 13 and perfect for this shadowy topic, we'll be discussing an elusive and alluring topic to many, shadow work. What is it? How do you do it? What are the benefits? And why is it an integral part of witchcraft? It's going to be an hour of theorizing and philosophizing, so grab your cuppa and settle in. Warning, this episode will not be for the faint of heart and contains material of an adult nature that may be triggering to some individuals. Neither of the hosts is a professional in the area of psychology, and the information given here is purely for reference and information purposes. We encourage all of our listeners to do their own research on this topic. Listener discretion is advised. Kitty. Mm -hmm. Hey, hey. Hey, what up? So shadow work. Mm -hmm. Why do you think the concept of shadow work strikes fear into the hearts of many? (laughs) (laughs) I think
1: because, well, the main reason is because most, I don't want to say most people, a lot of people do not want to acknowledge their issues. (laughs) Okay. I want to take a long, hard look at ourselves because sometimes it's easier to just
0: be an ignorant bliss. Mm, This is true. This is true. And I agree with you. I think, I think it's far easier to look for external reasons why things happen Mm -hmm. versus internal reasons why things happen.
1: For sure. And I, and when I say, when I'm talking about everyone, including myself, so don't anybody think that I've been like, you know, that I've worked through all my shadows, which I'm sure we'll get into. So.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh. nobody. That's okay. So. I think that I need to say this before we really dive into this topic. Mm -hmm. Shadow work, and I think this is a misconception. I think that there's a misconception that you do shadow work and that's that. No, 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 no. Mm -mm. (laughs) Uh, Shadow work is very much a lifelong process and it's often very cyclical. But the good news is, is that it's a healing process. And so the more times that you address a particular shadow, the smaller it will become, um, and the less impact it will have. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. All right. So what is shadow work? Yes. Okay. So what is shadow work? So shadow work is the getting to know integrating and working with the shadow self The shadow self is a term that was coined by Carl Jung, who said the shadow is a moral problem that challenges the whole ego personality for no one can become conscious of the shadow without considerable moral effort to become conscious of it involves recognizing the dark aspects of the personality as present and real. This act is the essential condition for any kind of self-knowledge and that was a direct quote from Carl Jung himself, uh, from Aeon, uh, which was written in 1951. Mm. So that's kind of heavy. I'll let that sink in for a minute. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Well, Uh, can I, before we go on, why is it important
0: for witches though? We're going to get into that. Oh, we are. Okay. My bad. Yes. That is a little bit later. Ah. (laughs) We're working that way. We're working towards that way. Okay. Okay. So what, what we just talked about. So that's the true definition of shadow work, but Mm -hmm. in practical terms, let's talk Mm -hmm. about what that actually means. Mm -hmm. So the shadow self in a more succinct definition is essentially any part of ourselves that we reject repress or deny and is a result of social conditioning. So we're going to talk about some examples of what this looks like in everyday
1: life. Can I, Oh, okay. So, but it's not just a result of social conditioning though, right? There's other things that
0: no, 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 no. Okay. Okay. No. Uh, so when I say is a result of social conditioning, I'm talking more, mm, like in this is kind of the things that we may reject or repress. Right. Yes. Okay. got gotcha. you. Um, but it's also a fine line. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because, okay, we're going to get into that. Well, okay. just hang on. Sorry. <laughs> okay. <it's> okay. <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about some examples of what the shadow self in the real world looks like. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So one example would be projecting your flaws and insecurities onto others. So for example, this would be becoming possessive in a relationship when the possession is really stemming from being abandoned by a parent of the same sex at a young age.
1: Ooh. Right? Yowzers. Yeah, this is some heavy stuff. Wow. Mm. I know some people like that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so and like to think of another example just off the top of my head, um, this is also the people who accuse their partner of cheating when they're mm-hmm. the one cheating.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does that makes sense.
0: Yes. Okay. So this is what, what is known as projection. And I know, you know, uh, how, how a couple of years back, it was really widely popular in the spiritual community to, to uh, when somebody was, <laughs> was having an issue with you to say, uh, well, your behavior is a reflection of you because you're projecting onto me. Oh my God.
1: I remember hearing yes. that.
0: yeah. Yeah. Don't project so, onto me. Well, there's truth in that, but I think that yes. that particular phrase became overused and abused oh, by yeah. people who didn't want to take responsibility for their own behavior, which mm. is a totally different <laughs> shadow. <laughs> <issue>. <laughs> there's shadows within shadows, people. Yeah, there are. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. Well, do you have an example of projection? Hmm,
1: projection. No.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, if you have any examples of any of these, speak up.
1: Don't worry, I will.
0: Okay. Uh B yes. <laughs> harshly and impulsively judging others, including unacknowledged biases, biases and prejudice. Mm-hmm. So this would be like assuming someone's actions are based on their race, gender, or sexual preference. Like you just, you did that because you're a woman. Right. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Or you're sensitive because you're a woman, things like that.
1: Yes. I don't
0: have anything to add. I agree. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Then we have the guru, God, goddess complex. Oh boy. These people crack me up though. They I, They're funny. They are funny. (laughs) It's terrible, but I genuinely get some really good humor from these folks. Because There's one that I'm thinking of off the
1: top of my head, where I'm like, I, "Oof!"
0: I could give you some some real
1: life examples, but and I won't. this person would tell me that I'm projecting onto them. I'm sure, <laughs> but
0: yeah. So those with a guru complex uh, refuse to acknowledge. Others' perspectives because they believe themselves to be the highest authority. Whew. That that's a that's a lot of ego shadow right there. And by the way, and we're going to get
1: into this in a Mamir's well episode. <laughs> I feel like these are the people that will often, not often, but sometimes become cult leaders.
0: Agree, agree, agree. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hello, Jim Jones. <laughs> Huge egos, huge. Yeah. I mean, just look at the Manson family. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, oh we could go on and on, but we'll get to that in Mimir as well. So stay <laughs> tuned. <laughs> yeah. Uh okay. And also look, the guru complex is actually like you can find it across the online spiritual community. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know several. <laughs> Oh, you can find it in any religion, even really.
1: Oh, yeah, true. Some of these people are just full of themselves, man.
0: Yeah. And I guess my point in saying that is to say it's not just the, you know, the big cult leaders that have a guru complex. You can oh, have no. one of them, and not be a cult leader for sure. Absolutely. Yes. Agreed. Uh, then we get to another ego shadow, which is the martyr complex. So this is, or would be refusing to reach out for help, uh, to do something that, you know, very little about because you want to maintain the illusion of self-sufficiency. Hmm. Right. Like I did it myself and you may know nothing about fixing a car, but you're going to let everyone know that you're fixing that car and how rough it is. And you did it all by yourself because it has something to do with your own ego and pride. Okay. I was seeing it from a different,
1: okay. I get what you're saying now. I okay, was thinking, so talk- huh? Yep.
0: I was going to say, t- speak up. <laughs> Tell okay. us what you
1: think. So there's this whole thing that some people, I know a particular person does. And I think it's more for attention though. It's like, you know, well, I had to go and do this all by myself and no one helped me, you know, Mm -hmm. that kind
0: of thing. (laughs) Yeah. And there's also, I think there's a lot of guilt
1: tripping though, a little bit, but that's a shadow too.
0: Yeah. But I also think that there's a lot of reasons why martyr complexes develop. I think that it's always an ego shadow, but the reasons and rhymes for it becoming an ego shadow are different depending on the situation. Gotcha. Uh, Because I've seen it also stem from uh, lack of Mm -hmm. um, self-worth and trying to basically, you know, shove it in other people's faces that you can do anything. Gotcha. Yeah. So So that's the martyr complex. Um, Let's see what else we got. Using others to progress towards your own goals with little to no regard for them. Oh, mm, mm. (laughs) and, you know, no one in particular, but
1: I feel like many of the top execs and the big corporations are like
0: this. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think um, I actually heard something on a documentary once where they said CEOs and psychopaths have the exact same psychology, mm-hmm. except one went one way and one went another. I will
1: tell you that I've met a few, just a couple CEOs of very large companies, like like big corporations. Mm-hmm. And the one that I met actually was pretty down to earth the first one that i met i didn't see how he was even a ceo of a of this <laughs> large of a company but i think his story is a little bit different and he's kind of the exception of the rule the other one i met ooh, yeah like the moment i met this guy it was like you could feel the slime on him do you know what i mean like oh yeah wow yeah, just slimy individual definitely had some major slimy shadows to peel away that I don't think he ever will. But, you know,
0: well, and look, and I'm not saying this because, look, I'm not getting political in this podcast, but I'm bringing it up for this particular shadow that we're on here. Mm -hmm. Um, Just looking at Donald Trump, you can see the exact same thing. Um, And even his natal chart like supports that kind of behavior because he has no empathy whatsoever um so but you can i think because he was so public so much in the public you can kind of see uh those characteristics that we're talking about like he really doesn't care about anyone but himself well
1: Okay. I was going to say not to get political, but I think that that's a lot of politicians anyway. Huh? A lot of politicians are like that. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like this, this shadow isn't limited to CEOs. Definitely not. No. Um, And it's also not limited to business uh, period because you can also have this shadow um, in your personal life as well. Yeah, that's true. So, but again, like an example of this particular shadow would be highlighting the flaws of your fellow coworkers and even like tattling to your boss to ensure that you got the promotion over them.
1: Ooh, those are really
0: nice people. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, But the funny part is, is that I think that if you asked people like this, who were not Mindful or conscious of their behavior, I don't think that they would think that they've done anything wrong.
1: No, because that—that's how you climb the the ladder, so to speak. Right. In some places. Right. Yeah. This and next is one is my favorite.
0: And is it necessarily wrong? No. Well, what? Using others to progress towards your goals. That is not wrong. No. The second part of that shadow is the problem.
1: Right. I would it's say. how you use others to reach your goals.
0: Mm. Yes. Agreed. Okay. Moving on. Perpetual victim complex. I and love these all people. No,
1: so one of those
0: people. So these are the people that no matter what the situation is, it is unfair It's not right. They've been treated wrong. Um, They've suffered more than anyone in the history of ever. And it's everyone else's fault. Okay. I
1: feel, and this is just my opinion, this is a very rampant shadow. (laughs) This may be a shadow that that attaches to people and so that it isn't their fault. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) oh my god um yeah oh wow (laughs) yeah i know right i can't i seriously i can't stand this guy i can't this is like the one that really gets to me gets under my skin
0: right yeah me too
1: oh yeah go ahead no i was gonna say i (sighs) i And am I always aware of my, like the dumb things that I do or the bad decisions I make in my life? No, but I do try to practice a self-awareness and people that are in that perpetual victim complex have absolutely no self-awareness whatsoever because they blame literally everything on everyone else or the universe or whatever. Right. And then you never grow at all as a human being.
0: Exactly. And I... This is where that saying, you may not be responsible for your wound, but you're damn sure responsible for your healing. Yes. So if you're not working towards healing from whatever situation you feel unjustly happened to you Mm -hmm. and you're always staying in the victim mode, like that's, that's not productive. You're not growing. You're just stagnant. I had a mentee
1: once that didn't last long because come to find out she was a perpetual victim in her life, right? Mm. And um, yeah, it only lasted like a very short period of time because anything that I would try to help her with, she couldn't, she would not look at any of her shadows. She wouldn't even glance at them to use a metaphor, you know?
0: Right. And so right now we're, we're giving examples of what shadows look like in the real world. Yeah. However, when, when we say, you know, somebody who has this per- perpetual victim complex, the goal of shadow work is to look at these shadows and dig out the root. Like, where is this coming from? Why have you developed this particular thing? Mm-hmm. Um, and so this one I'm not even sure like ha- ha- how that develops I um, think because I can't wrap my head around it <laughs> to begin with uh I- I just, yeah that's
1: a good point I'm trying to think I'm like well I could come up with a reason and in my mind I'm like nope
0: I-, I don't know why yeah unless it comes from overindulgence in childhood where you weren't made to take accountability for anything.
1: Oh, oh yes. Thank you. Yeah. That's exactly what the root is. Yeah. Oh. It's it's when your parents <laughs> or the people that raise you, uh, I think give you a sense of entitlement as well as right. allow you to get away with everything.
0: Hmm. Uh, yeah, and I can't imagine that because I didn't. I didn't grow up like that. So, or they go, or or do you have parents
1: that go, oh, oh, you, you know, you failed. Well, that teacher must not like you, right? Exactly. Or, or you know, let's go up to the school and fix this problem. You know, your parents fix all your problems. It's never your fault, right? Mm, yeah, I do know actually a few people that are like that, and that makes complete sense now that we're talking about it. <laughs>
0: Okay, and the last example we have here is taboo beliefs or desires considered socially unacceptable. So, this would be being ashamed to claim the word witch because of social connotations, attitudes, and fears. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. And trust me, like, I did not really understand the pro- uh, prolificness of this particular shadow. Until recently, because here in Australia, (laughs) there are lots of spiritual practitioners who are metaphysical Mm -hmm. uh, and very few of them (laughs) will say or claim the word, "witch," even though they do all of the things that a witch does. Yeah. And it's because it is straight up because of the attitudes towards that word.
1: I, I mean, that's a hard one. Yeah. I mean, but okay. And this is for me too. And I'm not going to say that I'm not a witch, but I do find myself sometimes, and this is, this maybe is different from shadow work or shadows, but I find myself sometimes just kind of not caring about labels like I used to. Does that make sense?
0: No. Yeah, that makes total sense. And that's definitely something separate um, (laughs) from the example that I gave (laughs) just because uh, this is more so because like, okay, let me give you a better example in the U S so this would be like being a witch in the Southern States.
1: (laughs) Well, I will say that
0: Bible belt. Like you wouldn't yeah, want to say, I that understand
1: that. And I don't even, I'm not the kind of person where if you meet me and we're just like having a normal conversation, I don't just come right out and say, you know, Hey, I'm Kitty. I'm a witch. Like, I don't, I just don't, I don't do that. No, <laughs> like, you know, it's kind of like, to me, It this is just my personal opinion. If people want to go out and go and around and tell people that they're witches, that's fine. I don't, I'm not judging. I just feel like for me, it's kind of like someone bringing up the fact that they're Christian and, you know, in a random, like randomly, you know what I mean? In a conversation. Hey, I'm Bob. I'm a Christian. Do you believe in Jesus? You know what I mean? Like, I don't, (laughs) so unless you ask me,
0: then I'll tell you, right? Right. I think, look, I think this can be applied to lots of different scenarios. Yeah. Um, like historically I would say um, like sexual preference would fall under this as well. Oh yeah. Like being ashamed to uh, come out essentially right. Right. what people will think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not, I just gave the example of the word, which, cause it was the first thing I thought of, but
1: this is a good know, one to talk about, though, because it yeah, is, anything, it's complex, right? It's pretty complex.
0: Yeah, because anything that you feel ashamed to be or to feel, because it's not the societal norm, mm-hmm. um, I think falls under this category.
1: Yeah, and I would even say it might not even necessarily be shame, but just like you said before, maybe just a fear of judgment.
0: Right. Shame, fear of judgment, guilt. Um, yeah, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So your experience with shadow work. (laughs) (laughs) I
1: (laughs) I mean, it's definitely ongoing. I, I don't know that I really started doing it, Until my late 20s, early 30s. Mm -hmm. Because when I turned 30 is when I really took a long, hard look at my life, every aspect, you know, the decisions I was making for every part of me, you know, body, mind, spirit, my relationships, all that kind of thing. That's when Mm -hmm. I think the shadow work really started. And yeah, it's ongoing. But I would say for me, I noticed that a lot of, my shadows definitely stem from childhood
0: and mm. which I, and I think I've, that's true for a lot of people.
1: Yeah. And I was going to say the same thing. I'm sure that's probably true for a lot of people. And the reason for that, I was thinking about it today. Um, driving somewhere. I was thinking about shadow work because we were going to be talking about it. Um, I think the reason for that is because at, when you're a child, you're very vulnerable, right? You put your trust in your parents or whoever your caregivers are. The world is a very big world. You're you're extra sensitive to things and you just need that, you know, reassurance from from other people around you, right? Cuz you don't really know yourself yet even. Right. And you're very impressionable. So people could say, yeah, you know, okay, for example, shadows. I and I'm going to be very vulnerable here so everyone go easy on me, but I have an image, a a self-image issue, right? Mm. And it has to do with my physical appearance. I'm not a bad looking woman. I will say that. I know that I'm not bad looking. When I look in the mirror, I feel good about myself, but when I go somewhere and there's a bunch of people around, I compare myself, right? Mm. And looking at that shadow, that comes from childhood. It comes from societal expectations and pressures, right? Because when I was growing up, when you were growing up, Allura, same time period, it was a specific body type that was considered beautiful. Yeah. And anything outside of that was not right. (laughs) And I got made fun of from a very young age, because I've always had kind of a curvy body. Even as a child, I had the same kind of shape body. So I got made fun of from, from, from family members, from kids at school. And I think that that's carried over like throughout my life. And I've, I, I tried, you know, I know that that shadow is there. It's something that I'm always working on, but it does still creep up. Right. I don't think that you ever, yeah, you could fully get rid of it, I guess, but it it just takes some time.
0: (laughs) Mm. Yeah, for sure. And that's all I'm sharing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay what about you? I'm not going to push you. Uh, yeah. So like I said, in the beginning, uh, shadow work is something that is a lifelong process. Um, but the more you're exposed to a particular shadow, the more times you have to face it, the more times you're triggered by it, the more times you have to heal it. I think that it continually gets smaller and smaller. It gets easier to cope with. It gets Uh, you get better, more healthy coping strategies Mm, uh, for that particular shadow. So as time goes on, it's not this giant mountain you have to climb. It's more like a speed bump that you have to get over. It's true. That is true. And for me personally, I think that I have a self-image issue, but not the way that you do. Um, I don't even know if I, I guess it's self-image. I'm not sure, but I have a distrust of my own body because I was born with a congenital heart defect. So from like a very early age, uh, I didn't have all my organs. (laughs) So (laughs) That kind of does something to a human being when you don't have all the things that you're supposed to have, right. Just in your own personal body, like it's, it's quite different. Um, and so, yeah. And so just recently this, this past year, you know, I had things happen to me physically that generally don't happen until you're in your fifties and they're happening to me. So yeah, yeah. So that's something that I have to continually work through. That I've had to. I mean, it is lifelong that one because I I have to keep dealing with it. Yeah. So yeah. So that's one of mine. So thank you for joining us on Sally Jesse Raphael. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: I just dated myself. I mean. Right And this is not to, this is, okay, don't get mad at me when I say this, but for me, I don't, I don't see that as a shadow because I just feel like that's understandable. And I feel like anybody could, like, if you told that story to someone, no one would be like, how could you distrust yourself? That's a shadow. Like, it just seems like something that would naturally happen to anyone if they were in your shoes. Or in your body, yeah.
0: Sense? But it's yeah, yeah. But I think that it's still a shadow because uh, it makes me feel guilty and ashamed that I that I don't have all the things that everybody else has. Because we're not talking about possessions here; we're talking about organs. <laughs> it's yeah. a little bit different. Um. But it's, but I think it's the same as well, like in what you were talking about, because I would think the same thing. Well, if you continually got made fun of as a kid, of course you're going to have a shadow about it. Yeah. Of course that you're going to have self image issues. But that's what shadows are, right? Like, Yeah. yeah, it's just the parts of yourself that you don't really love the most, create shadows.
1: I think, too, shadows can be also defense mechanisms, right? Agreed, yes. There was one that you pointed out with me. I I don't like... I have a hard time with strangers in my home. (laughs) Mm, mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I even get uncomfortable talking about it, like, to a degree, but I, I realize why that is. And again, it stems from my childhood. So you guys get the picture, I think.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So while you and I are talking about our, our person, our, uh, a few personal shadows here, um, I think we need to talk about how do you recognize when your shadows are coming up? Like, how do you know? Mm. Oh, like, how do you say like, okay, that's a shadow that I need to be working on.
1: Well, Definitely, like you said, it's it's typically triggered mm. by something that it seem it might might be seemingly harmless to other people, or other people might not even notice it at all, right? For like bringing it back to the self image thing, right? So for me, going on a trip and I'm comparing myself to all these beautiful women and. I'm feeling crappy about myself and yet I'm being told, you know, by, by my husband, that all of these people are actually saying the opposite about me, you know? So I'm seeing something completely different from what everybody else is seeing.
0: And isn't that always the case? It totally is. (laughs) We, We never see, we never see our personality, our characteristics or our body the way that other people see us. Nope, it just it just doesn't happen, folks. <laughs> it's you're your own worst critic in ways, you know. Yeah, but you can also be your biggest cheerleader. True, which is the goal of shadow work. That's why we work these shadows so we can change our own perspective about ourselves and our behaviors and mm-hmm. change and. Look, the goal is not to defeat our shadow self. The goal is to integrate our shadow self so that we become a whole person so that we can love the unlovable parts of ourselves. Mm. This is deep. (laughs) So yes, so definitely when we're triggered by something, I I would say that uh, that is a good way to recognize a shadow. Also, when we're projecting it, (laughs) that is, that's a little bit harder. I was going to say, but I think a lot of people don't
1: realize when they're projecting,
0: right? That's a little bit harder, Mm -hmm. Uh, but we're going to talk about how we can use projection to recognize. Um, And another one is if we become aware of patterns that we're repeating um, that are, shadowy behaviors or thoughts or um, characteristics. So if we notice like that, we have a cyclical pattern that revolves around a particular thing. Um, like, like for example, you know, uh, I think one really popular example is someone who ends up in toxic relationship after toxic relationship. Right. So while all those people that you've been dating may not, may be toxic. I think that there's a shadow there that's attracting these toxic people to you that you haven't addressed. Exactly.
1: You're the one that's, that's dating them. (laughs) Exactly. And, um,
0: I had that shadow (laughs) healed that that shadow
1: what they're doing. Okay. It just means that no, no, no you know, that you made the decision to be in that relationship. Right.
0: Right. And I, so that is a particular pattern that I had for a very long time. Um, And it wasn't until I literally uh, dedicated about a year to just healing myself and getting to know myself and being with myself that I was able to integrate that particular shadow into myself.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. There's some people that need that uh, integration. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now that we know what the shadow self looks like and how we can recognize when our shadow showing, let's talk about some ways you can do shadow work to help heal and integrate the shadow self. So these are ways you can actually, um, so when we talked about projection, I'm just going to say this one real quick and how sometimes it's hard to recognize. Well, one of the things that will help with that is to start a mindfulness practice, like mindfulness living, um, because that helps you become consciously aware Of your thoughts, patterns, and shadows. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So just living a very mindful life um, really helps, especially with projection Mm -hmm. in particular. Okay. So what is a way that you do shadow work, Kitty?
1: For me, okay. Past life and divination are two of the big Mm. ones for me. That That is a great dreaming too. dreaming.
0: Well, I was going to say when you said past life, I was going to say that's a great one, especially because, um, we do carry over patterns from previous lifetimes Mm -hmm. that, that we don't even. And sometimes if you have a particular shadow and you can't figure out where it's coming from, like you've looked at your childhood, you've looked at your relationship patterns, you've looked at all of these different things. And you're like, man, this just doesn't make any sense.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Look at past life stuff, because it could be something that you've carried over and you don't even know about it. And your astrological natal chart can be of great use here because you can look at, if you have sesquiquadrates in your chart, say and- that five
1: times fast. <laughs> Sesqu-
0: Sesqu- I can't even say it once. Sesquiquadrate. Uh, if you have sesquic quadrates in your chart, those point to karmic patterns, past life stuff, the moon in your chart also, uh, can give you some clues about past life stuff. Your South node in particular can show you some past life patterns as well as, well, Chiron's a little bit different, but Chiron can also give you some hints um, as to past life stuff, but your natal chart is a plethora of information. You can find shadow work in just about any chart point in a natal chart, but some good ones to look at would be any squares or oppositions. Um, Those are aspects. So any square aspects, any opposition aspects, those are excellent to look at for shadow work or patterns and behaviors that may need to be worked on. Also, there is a chart point called the black moon Lilith. And that particular chart point is your shadow self. (laughs) So definitely that would be a good one to look at. Mm -hmm. And then you've, you've also got Mars and Eris. So Eris is the feminine equivalent of Mars, but they'll both show you what annoys you, what irritates you? <laughs> what angers you? Uh, but like I said, natal charts are great for shadow working. I mean, I could literally tell you, like, if you look at Saturn, Saturn will tell you things that karmically may be shadows for you. So, natal chart is a great one. Sounds like it. Ah. Uh... So therapy and exposure therapy. So traditional therapy with a professional mm-hmm. and then exposure therapy, which some professional therapists use, but you can do exposure therapy yourself if yes. you feel confident and comfortable enough. Mm-hmm. But basically exposure therapy is where you purposefully expose yourself to a particular trigger. Right. Right. Uh, And so, yeah, to learn how to deal with it. So
1: that means I need to go to like more pools with like scantily clad (laughs)
0: women. Okay. I more meet (laughs) like, let's say, (laughs) okay, let's say that you have a shadow about being around people. Exposure therapy would be purposefully going to Walmart just to be around people, Mm -hmm. things like that. Now, when I'm talking, remember, I am not a psychologist. I am not, I am not a professional and saying that exposure therapy is helpful again Uh, If you're not sure, ask a professional Mm -hmm. and only do what you're comfortable doing. Right. Uh, What else? Journaling. Journaling is a huge one. That is a big one. Dream journaling
1: too is important.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I use journaling. You journal. Everybody pretty much journals. If you're not a journaling person, bullet journaling might be for you because it's not, you don't have to write pages and pages. It's literally dot points. Um, so that may be an alternative, but people use journals for shadow working prompts, which is basically, for instance, you might have a prompt with Do you equate material possessions to your self worth? and you would write about that. Mm. Um, and then lifetime reviews. So this would be looking at your childhood for traumatic events and kind of picking apart your life and seeing those really dark things that may have created a shadow for you to work on. Yeah. And the last one I want to talk about, this is okay. Uh, This is a form of dissociation. Now, dissociation can be a mental illness. However, if it is done consciously and on purpose, it can also be a healthy coping mechanism. So this is taking an objective instead of a subjective observation of yourself. So this is essentially stepping outside of yourself to assess a behavior or a characteristic um, to remove the emotion from it, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah,
0: it does. Okay. I'm like, I hope that everybody gets that for what I meant it to sound like. (laughs) Yes, I do. I got you. All right.
1: So with, with all this being said, what, okay. What, what are the benefits to doing all of this? Because truthfully, I'm starting to think about all my shadows and it's feeling rather uncomfortable at the moment.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So number one, I would say empowerment. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like Shadows in a lot of ways are very similar to addictions and addictions can be shadows as well. But, uh, I feel like when you successfully integrate a shadow, you feel this empowerment that that particular shadow or feeling or characteristic doesn't control you in the way that it once did. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you're somebody who has a shadow around crowds and then you successfully integrate that shadow to where you're able to be around people somewhat comfortably where mm-hmm. before you couldn't imagine going to a, a crowded concert, but now you can, I think there's a lot of empowerment there for you to know that you did it. You did that. And oh, you for can sure. Yeah. That. Uh, Okay. And higher degree of consciousness because you have to be very self-aware and mindful to do shadow work. Um, And so I think it makes you conscious to the natural world. Also things that are going on that affect the global state of affairs, Mm -hmm. I would say. You end up with healthier coping mechanisms and interactions with others, right? So you're not avoiding conversations. You are not blowing up in conflict because you were triggered. Your your shadow self was triggered. Um, So definitely learning healthier coping mechanisms uh, for interacting with other people. Healing generational trauma, along the way. So you could have a shadow that is a shadow within your family across multiple generations, you know, Oh boy. Yep. (laughs) Truth. Well, you know, that meme going around that says, um, just because it's, it runs in the family, it can stop with me or something like that. Yeah. So that shadow work for sure. Mm Uh, shadow work can also, it's a healing process, so it can leave you feeling more whole as a person Mm
1: -hmm. instead
0: of having to deny or repress particular aspects of yourself. Um, and it definitely alleviates feelings, which burden and weigh us down. Right. So we were talking about the shame and the guilt and the, you know, just the, the heaviness of all of that.
1: Well, yeah, because, okay. Okay. I don't know if anybody else does this, but (laughs) self-image wise, self-worth, self-esteem, all that kind of thing, get down about yourself. Then you feel bad about feeling bad about yourself.
0: Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a heinous cycle.
1: (laughs) It sucks. It definitely is a cycle. So breaking out of that is not easy. So when you do, yeah, definitely feel better.
0: (laughs) Well, and that's what shadow work is, right? Flipping the script, Mm
1: -hmm. saying,
0: okay, I'm no longer going to allow myself to feel this way about this thing. I want to change that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So those are the benefits. Uh, Do you have any others that you'd like to add?
1: Um, hmm. No, I feel like you covered them all.
0: Woo, woo. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay, and now we're going to get to your question that you asked at the very beginning.
1: Oh, yeah. Why is shadow work important to witches and pagans?
0: Okay, so I think shadow work is deeply important because in witchcraft, we live a lot in liminal, intuitive, and subconscious spaces. And shadow work also lives in those spaces, but it, le- well, the shadow self lives in those spaces. So to do shadow work leads to becoming more conscious, which then leads to heightened awareness and enlightenment. And I think the first step in the enlightenment process is gaining conscious knowledge of our unconscious selves, mm-hmm. right? hmm So if everything in witchcraft or magical practice begins with the state of the practitioner, uh, the more conscious you become of yourself, the easier you can connect that consciousness to the natural world and the creatures that live in it. Mm. Beautiful. (sighs)
1: So when is the best time to do shadow work?
0: Okay. So- Shadow work can be done anytime, but it's most favorable during the autumn and winter months, uh, just because this is when nature focuses inward, right? So the animals are hibernating, everything's quiet, Mm -hmm. everything's kind of stagnant and dying and dead. Um, and so it's just a great time to focus internally instead of externally. Um, and as well during the dark moons, Or the waning moon. Yeah. That's when I do it. Dark moon Mm -hmm. usually. Yeah. And those occur, you know, once a month every year. So that way you can continually work on shadow work. You don't have to wait till autumn and winter.
1: I was going to say purposefully, I will do them on dark moon. But when Mm -hmm. I'm triggered, then it comes up and I have to work on it anyway. So it doesn't matter the time.
0: (laughs) True. True. I think conscious practice of shadow work, uh, can be timed. Uh, but I think, you know, when things come up, you just have to deal with them then. (laughs) It's
1: true. I think dreams are really helpful too. If you're keeping a dream journal, a lot of your shadows will come out in your dreams as well.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh yes. So
1: All right. Well, anything else to add to the shadow work
0: conversation topic? I think that we covered a lot, uh, but I probably just want to add, if you're having trouble healing a particular shadow, please, please reach out to either a professional um, in that particular field or someone who can help you or someone who can offer help to you mm-hmm. because some shadows are just too big to deal with on your own. That's true. Yeah. Um, Cause I don't want anybody out there to be thinking that they have to conquer, you know, shadow work must be done alone. Um, no, <laughs> no, no. It's necessary to ask for help sometimes, you know? Yes, for sure. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to So we can it wrap it up.
1: <laughs> I'm going to put that shadow back in the box. Just kidding. <laughs> All right. Check out our articles on shadow work at otherworldlyoracle.com. We welcome you to join our high vibing Facebook group and visit Alora's website at alorarein.com to give the gift of self-discovery this holiday season with a wayfaring witch gift card. I like that. Check out our free to the public sister podcast, Mamir's Well, for all things dark, taboo, and controversial. Search Mamir's Well in your favorite podcast app, click subscribe, and share us too. Shout out to all of our oracles for joining us, whether you're new or returning. Subscribe to or favorite this podcast to be notified of future weekly episodes. Help your witchy shadow sisters out and be sure to share our podcast and review us too. And remember, whether you're in the land of the Fae or the land of the ancestors, stay otherworldly.